The following program contains adult language and mature subject matter you may consider offensive or upsetting. So piss off now, please. Did your report card always say you talk too much in school? Has anyone ever referred to you as a busybody or troublemaker? And do you generally think your fellow human beings are strange, fascinating, and sometimes horrifying creatures? Then this is the show for you. Welcome to Other People's Business, a podcast for nosy people. Your source for news, gossip, and true crime. I'm Justin Meisner, and whether it's celebrities or civilians, if it's technically none of your business, I'm going to make it mine. So, let's get down to business. Charlotte Cena, the nine-year-old girl who went missing while riding her bike in Moreau Lake State Park last weekend, was found alive on Monday night, according to the New York State Police. A suspect in her disappearance is now in custody. Charlotte was safely recovered after police spotted fingerprints left on a ransom note sent by her alleged kidnapper. A hit came by way of a driving while intoxicated charge from 1999 in the city of Saratoga. Through the fingerprints, authorities were able to locate a home occupied by the suspect's mother. The suspect was then discovered in a camper parked behind the home. After some initial resistance, the suspect was taken into custody and immediately the girl was found inside a cabinet. A woman has died after being struck by the wing of a plane while she was riding a lawnmower at an Oklahoma airport last week. The 27-year-old woman was killed by the wing of the 1972 Bonanza A36 in McCurtain County. The plane's 70-year-old pilot spotted her during his descent and attempted to pull up and get the wing over the woman, but struck her instead. She was pronounced dead at the scene, while the pilot did not sustain any injuries. A Tennessee teacher accused last month of raping a 12-year-old and inappropriately contacting young boys by playing video games with them has been rearrested after stalking and harassing a victim, said police, who further claim she told the boy he would regret going to the authorities. Last week, police arrested 38-year-old Alyssa McCommon at her Covington home and charged her with aggravated stalking, harassment, and coercion of a witness, according to a police statement. The former fourth-grade teacher at Charger Academy had been previously arrested on September 8th. The mother of two had pleaded not guilty to the initial rape charges. She posted a $25,000 bond and was released by the court on the condition that she have no contact with the alleged victim or any minors other than her own children. On September 26th, police received information that McCommon allegedly used a previously unknown phone number and initiated additional contact with a victim. Teachers have been using TikTok to increase awareness about the realities of the modern classroom for the last few years. Now, the spotlight is on how fast students are falling behind. In one viral video, an Atlanta teacher suggested that many of his 7th grade students are performing at a 4th grade level, with some even lower. Since then, dozens of other educators from across the United States have stitched the video to share their similar experiences, as noted by USA Today. One creator from the Houston area said their 7th grade students cannot read, write, or comprehend text as they should at their grade level, 
while another indicated that their 10th and 11th grade literature students were performing at a 6th and 7th grade level. In June, the National Assessment of Educational Progress revealed that 13-year-olds' math and reading performances had hit the lowest level in decades, according to the New York Times. Additionally, 31% of students surveyed during the test said they never or hardly ever read for fun, up 9% from 2012. Multiple teachers raised concerns about the impact the COVID-19 pandemic has had on students since it began, but has grown exponentially in the wake of the pandemic. Instead of filling the gaps and helping students master material, teachers are suggesting that students are being passed along from grade to grade in order to get them through the system. A woman has filed a lawsuit against Walt Disney World in Orlando claiming she reportedly suffered an injurious wedgie while riding an attraction at the theme park destination's Typhoon Lagoon water park years ago. According to the complaint, the woman is seeking $50,000 in damages related to an October 2019 visit. She alleges she suffered her injuries on Humunga Kawabunga, a water slide that is approximately 214 feet above a pool. The complaint further alleges that the impact of the slide and the woman's impact into the standing water at the bottom caused her clothing to be, quote, painfully forced between her legs and for water to be violently forced inside her, experiencing immediate and severe pain internally, and as she stood up, blood began rushing between her legs. She was reportedly transported to a local hospital by ambulance for medical care and treatment, and eventually she was transferred to another hospital for the repair of her gynecologic injuries by a specialist, according to the complaint. And finally, remains discovered in a wooded area in 1996 have now been confirmed to belong to a missing New Hampshire man, according to authorities. The New Hampshire Attorney General's Office announced last week that a collaboration between the New Hampshire Cold Case Unit and the Office of the Chief Medical Examiner has led to the identification of William Benjamin Adams. According to authorities, the 78-year-old left his home in Canaan in June of 1991 to go for a walk, but never returned. His family said that he had been suffering from dementia, and efforts to find him at the time proved unsuccessful. In November of 1996, skeletal remains in a wooded part of the Hanover were found by a hunter, and an additional search of the area yielded more remains. At the time, Authorities suspected that they belonged to the man because of the vicinity of his last known whereabouts. The remains were then sent to an out-of-state forensic anthropologist in 1997, whose examination indicated that while the biological characteristics weren't inconsistent with the man, a positive identification could not be made at the time. Authorities were eventually able to confirm the DNA of the skeletal remains with a sample from the man's son confirming the probability of relatedness by 99.99998%. And that was the business. Now from facts to fiction, you be the judge. It's time for the tea. The CEO of Spotify still seems butthurt with Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. Now, publicly implying Meghan's Archetypes podcast 
was canceled after just one season because it didn't meet their audience's standards. Sources close to production told the New York Post that Spotify booted Megan's podcast from its lineup because the former actress failed to produce enough episodes to warrant her staggering $20 million development deal with her husband. Megan had released just 12 episodes over the course of two and a half years before the show was canned. The Last of Us star Ashley Johnson claims she was left in fear of her sociopath ex-fiancé, Brian Wayne Foster, after he was found in possession of two airsoft guns and allegedly tracked her home security cameras. Ashley and six other women, including her own sister, launched a civil suit against Brian in Los Angeles this week, accusing him of domestic violence, intentional infliction of emotional distress, sexual battery, and assault and stalking. The actress, who plays Ellie Williams in the HBO hit series, got an emergency protective order against Brian in May after he allegedly attempted to extort more than $150,000 from her. According to Ashley's attorney, the police officer who reviewed the evidence was so concerned for her safety that he went on his own to a judge to get an immediate emergency protective order against him. And former Real Housewives of Beverly Hills alum Brandy Glanville was rushed to hospital over the weekend after injuring herself from a fall inside her home. And now reports are coming out that prior to her hospitalization over the weekend, Brandy was suffering from stress-induced angioedema. Sources close to Brandy say that she has been under a huge amount of stress since filming a still unaired season of The Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip, where cast member Carolyn Manzo claims Brandy sexually assaulted her. Brandy claims Carolyn's account of what happened is inaccurate and has been unable to work since the alleged false allegations leaked from the show's set. Bravo has yet to announce an air date for the season, having already pushed it back in favor of airing a season that was filmed later. And Teen Mom 2 star Janelle Evans is hitting back and denying claims that her son Jace's third disappearance in less than two months was a result of her husband's abuse, an allegation made to police by Janelle's estranged mother, Barbara Evans. Janelle reported her 14-year-old son missing on September 28th after he allegedly left home through a window. Afterward, Barbara, who previously had custody of Jace before Janelle won him back in March, told cops that her grandson claimed he had been assaulted by his stepdad and was hiding from him. And lastly, the plastic surgeon who operated on late Wild and Out star Jackie O will not face criminal charges after her untimely death. The Miami Police Department confirmed to TMZ on Tuesday that because the coroner ruled Jackie's death an accident, Dr. Zachary Oka, or Dr. Zach as he's known, will not be investigated. And that was the T. Every episode, we like to close out our show by taking a quick look at a true crime. Sometimes current, some classic, many solved, too many cold. This is The Lead. Just after 12.30 a.m. on July 8, 2022, police in Stockton, California, found 35-year-old Paul Yah bleeding from a gunshot wound in a city park. The single father, who had been living on the streets, died at the hospital. 
A month later, on August 11th, Salvador Deputy Jr. was fatally shot in the parking lot of a fast food restaurant near the florist shop where he occasionally worked with his uncle. And before the month ended, Jonathan Rodriguez was murdered by gunfire, found early on the morning of August 30th. Terror gripped the city, located in California's Central Valley, as authorities announced to the public that a serial killer was hunting for victims on the streets. Then, on September 21st, Juan Carranza Cruz died from gunshot wounds at a city intersection. And in the early morning hours of September 27th, 54-year-old Lawrence Lopez Jr. was killed by gunfire, dying on the street. Thousands of tips from concerned citizens flooded the Stockton Police Department, and investigators were able to piece together some information about the killer's patterns. Late at night, he would drive slowly through deserted streets in a green van, often near dimly lit parks and vacant lots, most without surveillance cameras, before returning home. Police were out in force, undercover, watching the streets and waiting for a break in the case. It would come on October 15th, while police shadowed a person of interest. Near a city park, police say the suspect got out of his van and walked toward a pedestrian before heading back to his vehicle to retrieve something. When officers swooped in to arrest him at 2 a.m., they say they found him dressed in dark clothing, wearing a blue face mask, and had a handgun in his waistband. According to police, after they zeroed in on the man, they had to make a split-second decision to arrest him. They believed they prevented another homicide. The man charged with the killing spree is Wesley Brownlee, who authorities believe is the serial killer responsible for the fatal shootings of five men in 2022 and the attempted murder of a woman in Stockton in 2021, as well as the murder of a 40-year-old man in Oakland on April 10, 2021. Police say Brownlee, who has been charged with three homicides, did not prey on victims by race or gender, although several were homeless. His motive, however, remains a painful question for his victims' families and loved ones. Another question haunting those connected to the horrific case, could the killing spree have been prevented? For Natasha Latour, the answer is a resounding yes. Homeless in the spring of 2021, Latour was smoking a cigarette near train tracks in Stockton on April 16th, when bullets suddenly ripped through the night. Latour was shot multiple times and, somehow, crawled to the street and screamed for help. She was transported to the hospital, where she would spend the next 12 days, and later gave a description of her attacker to police. After Paul Yaw's murder, authorities released surveillance video of the alleged shooter and shared the description they had been given by Latour. Latour is the only known survivor of an attack by the serial killer. Reliving that horror has been difficult, but her willingness to share details with police, along with information supplied by ordinary citizens, ultimately helped lead to an arrest. With charges in place for only three of the victims, families are counting on authorities to bring additional charges. That was the lead.
Is your mother-in-law the Antichrist? Are your co-workers selfish cows? Or perhaps you've got a neighbor from hell? As long as you've got a story, or just a rant and rave, we want to hear your business. You can be as anonymous as you'd like. So send us a voice message today and we might discuss your business on a future show. That's all for this episode. I'm Justin Meisner, reminding you not to be a dick today. Goodbye. This has been a Sunday Best podcast.